Greetings in Jesus name. Welcome back my dear friends to our Wednesday night service. We are so excited that you could join us here. We are thankful to the Lord for making a way one more time to visit us, to reach us, to minister to our hearts, to change the perspectives of our mind, to change our revelation of who God is, to change our revelation of who we are. Here on Wednesday nights, we've been doing a series of studying from the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, it doesn't just reveal to us the identity of God, the revelation of who God is and what he has done in our lives. It also reveals to us who we are. It explains to us where we need to change. It reveals to us those areas where we need to grow up. And that is a sign that the Lord cares for us. It is a sign that the Lord wants us to change. He wants us to repent. He wants us to upgrade our lifestyle. He wants us to upgrade our pursuit of His presence. He wants us to upgrade our revelation in this season. This is a church that loves the Word of God. Yet, we do not want the Word of God without the Spirit of God. It has to be the Word of God in the power of the Spirit. When we try to interpret scripture without the Holy Spirit, we will become legalists, we will become Pharisees, we will become those Christians that are absolutely away from the heart of God. We may know the mind of God, but we do not know how to apply that mind because we do not know the heart of God. That is why we need to constantly allow the Holy Spirit to open up the scripture to us. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the heart of the Father, the heart of Jesus into our present situations, our circumstances, into our daily commitments, our routines, our relationships. We need to know the heart of God, not just the mind of God. And that is why I am so thankful to the Lord for our prophet who has been bringing us the heart of God week after week. Almost twice or thrice a week, he brings us the heart of God. He brings us an invitation into the heart of God. And those among us that are diligent, they do not just listen, but they are intentional to practice what is being taught. They are intentional to go back to the teaching and meditate on it day and night. Meditate on the perspectives, meditate on the principles, meditate on the ways and the manner of God until that becomes our lifestyle. This last Sunday, if we were attentive, portals of information was opening up for us. There are specific angels that carry the access to certain portals that were released into our life for the specific assignments ahead of us, for the specific unction that needs to be released to us, for the specific warfare that we need to fight, for the specific marriage that we need to hold on to for that specific ministry that you need to continue to do with greater diligence. 
for that business that the Lord is giving you so that you can have dominion in that particular field, that particular environment. I hope that we can continue to come back with testimonies and praise reports about what the Lord is speaking and doing and revealing and manifesting in our lives through each week's teachings and each week's perspective and revelation that is coming to us. I hope that you're connected with the Shaiju Matthew app where you can continue to listen to the teachings multiple times where you can receive exclusive content that doesn't come on a Sunday morning. You also get access to Mentorship Gold. And my prayer is that we will make the most of what the Lord is giving to us. Amen. Tonight, we are resuming our study from the book of Ephesians. For those of you who've been joining us regularly on Wednesday nights, you will remember that a couple of weeks back, we read and studied Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, where it talks about the fivefold calling, the fivefold ministry office. Along with that, we also read parallelly other scriptures from Corinthians that talk about other giftings in the body of Christ that has to work hand in hand with these fivefold ministry calling. And I think that the Lord really wants each and every one of us in this ministry to be leaders, not just ordinary believers, not just those that are benefited by the word each weekend, but those that are now going to grow up to feed others, to help others, to serve others. It is not enough that we are fed and we are taken care of and we are provided for. The sign of maturity is that we grow up to now begin to take care of someone else. When we are a child, we want our parents to take care of us, pay for our bills, pay for our expenses, pay for our desires. And as we grow up, we now know how to take care of our own expenses. We know how to take care of our own needs. But the true sign of maturity is when I'm able to now provide for someone else, not just where I am taking care of myself, but now I'm willing to get into a marriage, I'm willing to give birth to children, and I'm willing to take up responsibility for those things that I am giving birth to. I'm going to be paying for their expenses. I'm going to be taking care of others. And that, my dear friends, it is where the Lord wants us to reach. We cannot have dominion if we are going to be sitting in our respective churches and only expect to be fed. The grown-ups, they don't need to be fed. They eat the word. They are diligent enough to find out when and what time and which app and which place the food is available and they are willing to pay a price to now feed themselves, to eat themselves. But then they go a step further to feed others, to take care of others, to now bring this same revelation to others. And whether the Lord has placed an apostolic mandate upon your life or a prophetic mandate or the mandate of being an evangelist or the mandate of being a shepherd, a pastor, or if it is the mandate of being a teacher of the Word of God. Each of us 
we are important each of us we are called by the same lord anointed by the same holy spirit and we need to yield into the hands of the lord so that we can actually fulfill the purposes with which we been called we can fulfill the high calling upon our lives if we do not submit to that hand of god or if we are not moldable enough or we are not malleable enough then the lord cannot work with us he cannot change our character he cannot change our will he cannot change our drive it is necessary my dear friends that each week we bring every ambition that we have even the spiritual ones and lay it at the feet of jesus and allow him to remake us to redo us to reprepare us that has to be the goal of our prayer times our prayer cannot be limited to our food our clothing and our shelter needs please please do not waste your prayer time on yourself our prayer cannot be based on our needs when we pray we are yielding ourselves in the hand of god so that we can now become an instrument in his hand we can now become a weapon that he could use that we can now become a revelation and an answer that the lord wants to give to someone else and for that to happen he needs to constantly be able to change us constantly be able to upgrade us tonight we're going to continue reading from ephesians chapter 4 beginning again with verse 11 and going all the way to verse 13 Apostle Paul says, "Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church: the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ that has to be our desire tonight we cannot be satisfied where we are no we want the full and the complete standard of Christ Last time what we studied was the uniqueness of each gift that the Lord gives to the church. There is a unique style of functioning that the prophet has that the apostle doesn't. That the apostle has that the evangelist doesn't. That the evangelist has but the pastor doesn't. Likewise the pastor would have a grace and a way of functioning that the teacher of the word doesn't. Now each of them are unique in their calling and their ability and yet their responsibility their role their function in the church is defined in the next two scriptures and that is not different for different callings so if you would journey along with me tonight we are going to meditate on these responsibilities these factors that we can use to evaluate how much we are doing of a job correctly it says that their responsibility is to equip 
God's people to do his work and build up the church that is the body of Christ. So there are three things that will be the focus here. The first is the saints, their equipping, their perfection. The second is the work of the ministry, the work of the Lord, the work that he has entrusted into each and every one of his children. Third is the building up of the body of Christ or the edifying of the church. It is not independent of each other. Each of these three are important. We cannot just be focusing on perfecting the saints and equipping the people of God and completely ignore the work of ministry. And we cannot ignore the building up of the body of Christ. And the vice versa is also true. We cannot be focused so much on the building up of the church, but not raise saints, perfect saints, equip saints, parallelly. See, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he did all the three together at the same time. He would spend times with the crowds where he would help them, build them up, support them, stand with them. And parallel to that, once the crowds leave, he would have his mentorship gold 101 with his disciples. He would spend time with them, equipping them, building them up. The KGB Bible says, for the perfecting of the saints. So each person in this uh, office, whether it's a prophet or an apostle, or if it's an evangelist or a teacher or a pastor, there is a responsibility that the Lord has given each of us to equip and to perfect the saints of God. Which means we need to be in relationships with not so perfect people who would need perfection. Not the perfect ones, but the imperfect ones are the ones who need to be perfected. We want to always hang out with those that are perfect and have got their ministry sorted, their walk with God sorted, their character sorted. And yet, the job of the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist is not to hang out with the perfect ones. Their job is to be in association and in relationship with the imperfect saints of the Lord so that they can be instrumental in the hands of the Lord for the perfecting of the saints, for the equipping of the saints, for the enabling of the saints. There is a transfer of grace that happens. There is a transfer of anointing that happens. There is a transfer of knowledge and information that happens because of your association with them and their revelation of who you are in their life. And that is now going to be used to perfect them, the Bible says. It is now going to be used to help them, to equip them, to strengthen them. Please remember how the 12 disciples were far from perfect. They were not great students either. They were not perfect in their pursuit of Jesus. And yet, Jesus, he spent time with them and he perfected them over the three and a half years. 
I just feel that tonight I am not just teaching ordinary people but I am teaching the future leaders of the global Revive Nations Church. And this is how your approach has to be in ministry. You cannot just be focused on the church without being focused on raising disciples. You cannot be focused on raising disciples but not parallelly build the church. Jesus did both of them. Now there are two kinds of equipping that every saint would require. The first equipping is in their personal character where they are perfected. The second is towards the work of the ministry. The first is very individualistic and very personal in nature. It is about their character. It is about their revelation of God. It is about their walk with God. It is about their pursuit of the presence of God. It is about how they are in tune in sync with the Holy Spirit. It is about how we can help them to now depend on the Lord on a daily basis. And the second is equally important. We cannot just teach them to walk with God but not grow in relationships with people around them beginning with their spouse and their children and even to their churches to their colleagues at work to their neighborhood how can they grow in that relationship and now they are not just equipped to be great children of god to be just perfect children of god but they are now also equipped for the work of ministry i'm reading ephesians 4 verse 12 from the KJV translation it says for the perfecting of the saints comma for the work of the ministry comma for the edifying of the body of Christ three different things that the apostles prophets pastors teachers evangelists need to do it is to perfect the saints and the second one is to do the work of ministry and the third one is to be edifying or building up the body of Christ how important is this second thing doing the work of the lord the work of the ministry the nlt translation says to equip the saints for his work this is not our work ministry is not our work ministry is his work and at the same time i don't want us to confuse ministry with ministering in the church because that is the third characteristic which is to edify or to build up the body of christ i'm meaning to say that the work of ministry is different from just individually perfecting the saints or building the church the work of the ministry requires for us to walk very closely with the lord and he is going to give us certain assignments he is going to give us certain instructions when we think of the word ministry today we think of someone at a higher level at a greater level but if you go to the root meaning of this word ministry or to minister it means to serve to wait on the table to actually be at a lower level we have to have this attitude in our relationship with the lord 
where we humble ourselves before him on a daily basis to understand how can i minister to the lord today how can i do his ministry his service and when we understand this everything will fall into perspective because so often i've heard young people say this is my vision i would like to do this or i would like to do that and i'd like to accomplish this and yet we do not wait on the lord every day to hear what the lord wants to do because this is not our ministry this is to do his ministry if you are truly an apostle or a prophet or a pastor or a teacher or an evangelist then you need to wait on the lord to know what he wants you to do today or what he wants you to do this week or what he wants you to do this month in order to be able to serve him the best way sometimes being a minister or doing ministry unto the lord would just mean that you are sitting at the feet of jesus like mary was or it would mean that you're washing his feet and giving him worship and giving all of your love and adoration to him or it could even mean that you are somebody like a martha that is cooking a meal for him or it could even mean that you are the one that is going out to bring the donkeys that Jesus asked to bring see when these disciples when they went to untie the donkey they had no clue what it is going to be used for so some instructions that the lord would give you you may not have a revelation or an understanding at that point of time what is the purpose of this or where is this going to or how is this going to be used and that's completely all right that is where we have to learn to walk very closely to our master very closely to our lord so that even when we don't understand we will still trust him and the lord knows what he is going to do with the donkey the lord knows how he is going to fulfill the prophecies the lord knows how he is going to bring about the will of heaven here on earth our job as the ministers of the lord as those who do the work of ministry is to be constantly attached to his heart jesus himself here on the earth he said i don't do anything that i don't see my father doing which means jesus walked very closely with the father he spent time in the presence of his father so that he can have a revelation of what the father is doing and his actions his visitations his uh, connections his influences all of it was revolving around what he saw his father do the instructions that he received from his father the revelation and the understanding that he received from his father and today if we have to be able to serve him do his work do the work of the ministry we need to sit at his feet we need to be attached to his presence so the first thing that the apostles prophets pastors teachers evangelists are supposed to do is to perfect the saints the second thing they are to do is to do the work of the ministry so they are not just supposed to help the saints with their character and their walk with god but they are also supposed to train them to do the work 
of the Lord, the work of the ministry. And here comes the third aspect, it says, they will also be now edifying the body of Christ or building up the body of Christ. This is a very sacred mission. You cannot mess up while building up the body of Christ. Each builder is given an instruction on how they need to build in the New Testament. What should be the foundation? How should they lay upon that foundation? How should they build upon that foundation? Jesus asked this particular question to Peter. He said, Who do you think I am? I know what others say, but who do you think about me? And Peter replied saying, You are Christ, you are Jesus, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of God, you are the one we are waiting for. And Jesus said, Okay, that's amazing. This is not ordinary. This is not coming from flesh and blood. This is coming straight from my Father in heaven. And upon this rock, dear Peter, I am now going to build my church. And I'm going to give you keys. Keys that will open up kingdom principles. Keys that will open up heaven and earth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you unloose, whatever you break out here on earth, it will be so even in the heavenlies. Peter, here it is. This is the foundation. This revelation of who I am in your life, that has to become the foundation. Apostle Paul added to it in 1 Corinthians when he said, No man can lay a foundation other than what we have already laid. The foundation that is Jesus Christ himself. We read this in detail in Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 and 3. That Jesus, he is the cornerstone of the New Testament church. The rejected one and yet the cornerstone of the New Testament church. So every builder needs to have a revelation of who Jesus is to them personally. They need to have a revelation of how Jesus is the foundation, the cornerstone of the New Testament church, of how we cannot replace that cornerstone, we cannot replace that foundation. And then the work that we do needs to be with raw materials that are not going to perish in time. They have to be gold and silver in spiritual standards. They cannot be wood, hay and straw that will be burnt away. My dear friends, when the Lord is calling us to build the church, to build up the body of Christ, it is a holy and a sacred calling. We cannot take this calling lightly. See, when a contractor receives a job to build a house, the first thing that he is going to do is to spend time to study the blueprint that the architect made. He is not the architect. He is only a contractor that is going to make what the architect has already designed. But his success and the excellence with which he builds is going to be based on how well he studies the blueprint, how closely he is in contact with the architect, 
how much of a revelation he has how much of an understanding he has of what is actually possible he cannot look at the architect and say i cannot do this or i cannot make it happen instead his job is to research and study and do everything possible to bring that blueprint to life my dear friends please do not spend time fighting the architect your pastor is not the architect your prophet is not the architect jesus the cornerstone he is the one who is building his church he is the chief architect now you and i we are just contracting laborers under his leadership he is the chief shepherd he is the chief builder our success in serving the church is directly proportional to our relationship with the architect our relationship with the chief builder and that is why many will come on the last day and they say we have done so much we have built so much we have prayed so much we have preached so much and yet just like straw hay or wood would burn away in the fire their works would burn away and they would hardly have anything to show for their labor here on the earth only because they were not building according to the will of the chief architect the will of the chief builder of the church when you read scripture when you read the book of acts when you read the new testament epistles to the new testament church you are going to see a blueprint of how a church needs to function take time to study it in detail before you start your building process before you start edifying the body of Christ please understand that your role is threefold you can be perfecting and helping the saints and at the same time you are expected to sit at the feet of Jesus and see what he wants you to do and at the same time you are expected to also start edifying and building up the body of Christ we cannot be so caught up doing the third that we forget the first two we cannot be so caught up ministering to the masses that we forget to just take a break and mentor people on a close basis that we raise leaders and disciples that are now going to carry our heart that are going to reproduce that same apostolic mandate or the mandate of a teacher or the evangelistic desire that you have been given by the lord no one is exempt from this the evangelist can't say i am only called to the masses i cannot be sitting and perfecting the saints each of them they have to do all three they have to perfect the saints they have to spend time doing the work of the ministry and at the same time they have to edify and build up the body of Christ moving on to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13 apostle paul says this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and the knowledge of god's son that we will be mature in the lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of christ apostle paul says this 
perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry and the building up of the church, it needs to continue. It is not a temporary one-time thing. You cannot do a one big mega conference and hope that everybody is equipped and everybody is perfected and you've done the will of the Lord. It needs to be a continual process of just hearing and obeying and hearing and obeying and hearing and obeying in order to perfect the saints, to do the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ until, until there is a goal, there is a destination that we need to reach. There is to be an end vision that we need to have. And that is that we will all come to a unity in our faith. The entire church would reach that unity of faith. We cannot be just trying to divide the church with our teaching. No, our intention, our ministry, our building up of the church, it has to be directed to bring everybody into the unity in faith unity of faith unity of our trust and our relationship with god that is why the bible says there is a foundation that is laid in the new testament church after the cornerstone and it is the foundation of the apostles and the prophets it is natural to ask if we have jesus why do we need the apostles if we have Jesus, then why do we need the prophets? And it is not just the apostles or the prophets in the first century church that I'm talking about. It is the apostles or the prophets that the Lord has given us in the church today. Why do we need them? It is so that there is someone who will constantly keep a check on any lack of unity or any division of faith in the church. And those that would bring everybody in the church united in faith. The job of the apostles and the prophets is not to scatter the body of Christ. It is to unite the body of Christ under their leadership. And that is why you cannot be constantly trying to criticize and question and fight the teaching that is coming to you every week. Because it is intended to bring you into a unity of faith. See, when Apostle Paul wrote to his churches, to the churches that he had leadership over, he said, guys, this is how we practice our faith. This is how we conduct ourselves. This is not because this is the Lord's commandment, but this is my instruction to you. This is how I do things. If you want to contend with me, I don't have time for you. But this is how I am going to be running this church. And all of you need to be united around this. All of you need to be united of one mind and one purpose and one spirit and one heart. The goal of Apostle Paul's letters was always to bring them into the unity of faith. And it is not that others did not have faith. Everybody had faith. Everybody had a belief system. Everybody had a revelation. And yet, the job of the apostles and the prophets is to bring in a sense of oneness. They will bring the body of Christ together. They will bring the church together. Again, 
please do not confuse unity with uniformity uniformity means all of us are the same that all of us behave the same all of us do the same we dress the same we act the same that is not what i'm talking about uniformity is easy to achieve all it needs is for somebody to stand up and dictate the terms of how we're going to live but unity on the other hand is so much more harder because it is achieved as we constantly keep perfecting the saints and building up the church and doing the work of ministry at the same time when we constantly do the three things that are allotted to us in verse 12 the destination that is revealed to us in verse 13 will become more and more real and become more and more achievable for us that we will all attain to the unity of faith but it doesn't finish with unity of faith it goes on to say we should have a unity of faith and at the same time we need to have the knowledge of the son of god that we grow in the knowledge of jesus the knowledge of the revealed word of god the manifested word of god here we see the next thing that the lord wants us to aim at not just unity of faith but also a growth in the knowledge of jesus a growth in the knowledge of the son of god how do we attain this knowledge is it only by reading the gospels or the stories about jesus or does it require for us to actively physically personally walk with jesus like the 12 disciples did what was the source of apostle paul's knowledge of the son of god yes he had studied the old testament law and the prophets and he had seen a clear picture of jesus that is drawn out sketched out revealed throughout genesis to malachi yes he had heard the accounts from other disciples and he had understood the life and the person of jesus here on the earth and yet the greatest knowledge that he had it came through his personal encounters with jesus himself beginning from the encounter he had on the way to damascus all the way to his encounters where he is elevated to the third heavens where he saw jesus everything was based on his personal encounters with the lord if our knowledge of jesus is limited to textbook information if it is limited to hearsay if it is limited to general knowledge then we are not growing in the knowledge of the son of god and then we cannot impart this knowledge to the next generation but if our knowledge of the son of god is based on personal encounters that we have had and we are continuing to pursue such encounters on a regular basis then we are able to impart this knowledge this revelation to the next generation so that they can now be equipped so that they can now do the work of ministry so that they can now edify the church as an apostle as a prophet as a pastor as a teacher as an evangelist 
when you keep these things as your vision statements that i want to grow in the knowledge of the lord and i want the people that i raise the people that i train the people that i disciple also to grow in the knowledge of the son of god i want them to reach the unity of faith and i want them to have that encounter that lifestyle of encountering jesus when you keep these as the end goals it becomes very easy to steer away from every distraction everything that is not the gospel of jesus we will be able to avoid those things that the lord has never intended the church to be like the lord has never intended your ministry to be like this sometimes we get so caught up in trying to avoid the wrong thing that we forget to pursue the right thing what the lord is teaching us here is not just what to avoid but what to pursue you need to pursue unity of faith you need to pursue the knowledge of the son of god the knowledge of jesus the knowledge of the messiah the knowledge of the savior what does jesus mean to you you need to grow in the knowledge of this person you need to grow in the knowledge of his heart his ways his manners every revelation that we can have of jesus on this side of eternity it is up for grabs the violent they will take it by force the violent they will just intentionally pursue the presence of jesus till they receive an encounter that opens them up to the next dimension to the next knowledge to the next level of the knowledge of the son of god so the first goal is to be united in faith the second is to grow in the knowledge of god's son the third is very important it says that we will be mature in the lord the esv translation uses the word to mature manhood to mature adulthood this is applicable not only for individuals you and i it is also applicable for communities together sometimes a congregation can be so childish that their prayers are childish their pursuit is childish their revelations are childish apostle paul would write to such a congregation and say by now you ought to have been teachers but you're still drinking milk i cannot give you solid meat you're still feeding on children's portion and the same is possible even as individuals that we have not grown to mature manhood but the job of the pastor the prophet the teacher the evangelist and the apostle is to ultimately bring us into a place of maturity into a place where we understand the protocols of adulthood there are certain things that are permissible when you're still children there are certain things that are excusable when you're still growing and you're a teenager and you're a young adult but when you grow up when you have become a man those things are not excusable anymore those things are expected of of you there is a language that you will have 
there is a way of carrying yourself there is a way of fending for yourself there is a way that you are now going to be responsible for others that is the goal that is where we need to reach that is going to be our vision and vision of where we need to reach when we train people when we build the body of Christ when we do the work of ministry can you imagine reaching adulthood can you imagine reaching a state of mature manhood not just manhood not just becoming an adult not just being able to do certain things but to be mature in our manhood to be mature in our adulthood the king james version uses the word a perfect man to become a perfect man is it even something that we can imagine on this side of eternity is it even something that we can aim for is it something that we can work towards absolutely yes that is why the lord has given us pastors and prophets that is why the lord has given us teachers and evangelists that is why the lord has placed us under apostolic care so that we can now reach a perfect manhood mature manhood i hope that in this season we can put away childish desires in this season we can put away childish ways of doing things we can be childlike and not be childish it's one thing to be childlike and it is another thing to be childish i hope that we can grow up and mature in our faith that we can grow up and mature in our relationship with god one of the signs that you are a mature adult or a mature man or a mature woman is that you are not going to be a victim of your mind attacks you're not going to be a victim of highs and lows in your faith journey you're not going to be a victim of everything that happens in your surrounding you are going to be rooted a little plant that is still growing up it is very easy for it to be swayed by the wind and the waves but when it becomes a mighty oak tree it doesn't matter how much wind is hustling through its branches it is not going to be so easily moved it is not going to be so easily swayed and i pray that you and i can reach that place of mature manhood that the bible tells us to reach to become perfect in our faith our relationship with god to become perfect in our stability to become perfect in our willingness to walk consistently with the lord that we will be mature in the lord maturity is not something that comes easy there's always a process there's always a testing and a trial and temptations that we may have to go through so that we can be termed to be mature we can be termed to be perfect man a perfect man a mature manhood the lord is calling the church into adulthood the lord is calling you and me into adulthood and for that reason he has given us the perfection of the saints the work of the ministry and the edifying of the church as tools that we would do so that we can reach a perfect 
adulthood a mature manhood now in the next line we will understand what it means to be a perfect man or a mature man let's read on it says that we will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of god's son that we will be mature in the lord and measuring up to the full and complete standard of christ this is the ultimate goal of the teacher the preacher and the minister in the new testament church it is to bring people to reach the full and complete standard of christ unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ so it is not enough that we have the knowledge of the son of god we need to know what it means to have the fullness of christ we need to know what is the stature of the fullness of christ we need to know what is the full and complete standard of christ and when we measure up to that when we reach that place that level then we are qualified to be a perfect man and we have achieved mature manhood our ultimate pursuit and ambition in life is to reach that place anything or any person devoid of the character of jesus is childish anything in our life that doesn't look like jesus is childish behavior anything in our life that is not representing the person of jesus is immature is imperfect please understand we are not just aiming for good we are aiming to be jesus we are not aiming to be great christians we are aiming to be jesus like christians we are not aiming to be great husbands we are aiming to be jesus like husbands in everything that i do my goal and my pursuit has to be that i want to reach the full and the complete standard of christ and one thing that we need to acknowledge on the journey is that we cannot reach there on our own that is why god gave us apostles prophets pastors teachers and evangelists so that they can help us up so that they can push us into that next level so that they can cut off those areas of our life that doesn't look like jesus so that they can be a revelation of who jesus is so that they can bring us into a unity of faith so that they can help us grow in our knowledge of the son of god so that they can help us to expose every childish nature inside of us so that they can explain to us those things that are not jesus like and the more that we value our leaders that god has given us the more we will reach the full and the complete standard of christ the more we reject or resist the help and the correction they want to give us the more we will remain as immature and imperfect children and not reach adulthood today the lord is calling us not just to reach there but also to submit to our leaders the lord also wants us to make this the goal of every ministry that we do 
that we bring people unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we bring them to the full and complete standard of Jesus that becomes the goal of every ministry that we do every assignment that we take up every disciple that we make every effort that we would spend in building up or edifying the body of Christ all of it has to be to bring my audience to bring my listener to bring my mentee to the full and the complete standard of Christ i'm not going to take a lot of time to explain what is the full and the complete standard of Christ let that become your pursuit today for the rest of this week that you can sit and pray and ask the lord to reveal to you what does it mean to you to reach the stature of the fullness of Christ do you know someone or do you follow someone who has that fullness and the complete standard of Christ what characteristics is it necessary for us to demonstrate the full and the complete standard of Christ what should be the lifestyle the culture or the habits of a person that has reached the full and the complete standard of Christ these are questions that you can ponder on as the week progresses seek the lord through the scriptures seek the lord in your times of prayer and you have to write it down this is what it means to be a perfect man this is what it means to be mature manhood this is my revelation of the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ as you write it down and as you begin to pray over them let that become your life's goal let that become the goal of your ministry let that become the goal of disciple making let that become the goal of your ministry within the body of Christ i know that in the season ahead we have some exciting opportunities to grow together as a global revived nations church we have a gathering coming up in india in the month of october from 13th to the 16th of october irrespective of where you are or what you do you're welcome to participate in this you can come in person to join in the conference or you can sponsor this conference from wherever you are or you can do both you can come and at the same time you can sponsor a part of this conference it is going to cost us almost $16,500 if the lord would just speak to 16 people for $1000 each our entire conference expenses can be taken care of and i believe that that is how we have to grow and we have to approach in the days ahead that we believe the lord to take care of the expense before the meeting itself and this is what you can expect to happen in this conference there is going to be equipping of the saints perfecting of the saints there is going to be work of the ministry there is going to be edifying of the church why are we doing this it is so that we can grow in our knowledge of the son of god we can come into a unity of faith we can become perfect in our manhood we can become mature in our relationship with god and so that we can reach the full and the complete standard of christ I welcome you to be part of this conference. I welcome you. I invite you to partner with us for this particular conference. 
May the Lord cause the rewards and the harvest of this conference to be a blessing to your local church, to be a blessing to your work and ministry in whichever city or nation the Lord has placed you. Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to seek the Lord together? Like I said earlier, our goal of prayer is not to just tell the Lord what we need for food, what we need for clothing, or what we need for shelter. Our goal of prayer is so that we can know the heart of God. We can know the mind of God. We can know how to begin to function like God here on the earth. Dominion is possible only when we understand how Jesus functioned here on the earth. If Jesus walked in dominion, so can we. And if Jesus served his father, so can we. And if Jesus was in perfect synchronization with the father's heart, then we can be in sync with the father's will, with the father's desire for our lives and for our cities and nations. So tonight as we pray, let that be our desire. Lord, synchronize my heart to yours. Synchronize my spirit to yours. Synchronize my understanding to yours. Synchronize my will to yours. One of the most profound prayers that we hear in scripture is when Jesus said, This is my desire, yet not my will, but let yours be done. Jesus was going through this process of submitting, yielding his will to the will of his father and allowing the will of his father to have the upper hand in the dominion that Jesus would exercise here on the earth. So can we pray tonight asking the Lord to reveal his heart for us, to reveal his full and complete standard to us, to reveal his full stature to us so that we can now exercise that we can now live in accordance to that now we can teach that now we can impart that reveal that to the next generation how can we give to others what we ourselves don't have so tonight as we pray let's seek let's pray let's knock the door we cannot grow in the knowledge of god without encounters with the presence of jesus we cannot grow in the revelation of god without encountering the real the raw the dynamic power of jesus we cannot be a christian that has not tasted and seen and experienced that the lord is good we cannot just be a christian that is based on information and head knowledge Tonight, if we will pray with the access to the different portals that God has given us, if we pray with the revelation of who we are, if we pray with the understanding of what God wants us to accomplish here on the earth, we will not be denied. Our prayers will be answered. We will go back with an encounter from the presence of the Lord. We'll see you again on Sunday morning. Until then, may the shalom of the Lord be upon you and enjoy the season of dominion.